One on each arm. And she lifted them off. The demons that was in that child. But when she received divine deliverance, she was completely free. Completely free. And you may have a situation. You say, God, there's nothing. It's like those disciples, those scribes come. You're like, you know, your disciples couldn't do it. It's like, we serve with God. Yes. And when He looks at us, you say, Father, I have just a little bit of faith. Would you increase my faith? Lord, I believe. Help them. All things are possible. All things are possible. Brother Jacob, have you seen that verse? That first verse again. chapter 9 and verse 18. While he spake these things, behold, there came a, a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years, 
came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may touch, but if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was whole from that hour on. And he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not... I'm sorry, I skipped a verse. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame thereof went abroad into all the land. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord, not only for the word, but that you are the word. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings unto us and your concern, not just for the saved, but for the lost. I ask and pray that you would anoint these feeble lips of clay. I pray that you would bring hope to some, salvation to others, healing to others, Lord. Because, Lord, in you all things are possible, and we do believe in you. Come by and help us, we pray, this morning in your blessed and holy and righteous and wonderful name, that name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. I heard that. Amen. Here we see two very familiar uh, passages of Scripture that talk about our miraculous wonderful God. He is not just a person that walked among the earth a little over 2,000 years ago, but He is our Lord and Savior. And what's amazing about it is He is also the one that created the heavens and the earth and all that there is. Amen. In John chapter 1, which is the New Testament Genesis, said in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in Genesis chapter 1, we see that the Lord spake those things into existence by His Word. Amen. And so, uh, I cannot imagine what it would be like to be near somebody like this. In the physical, if you understand, what would it have been like to be one of the disciples or one of the followers around? But in these scriptures, he was already had made, if we could use the world's term, he made his mark in this world. People already had heard about him, that he healed people, and that uh, he uh, brought people back to life. And heard that he cast out demons. Oh, already heard these miracles. He had uh, fed the 5,000. Huh? And the 3,000. Remember that? Two different circumstances. He also uh, had uh, made water into wine. That's an impossible task, folks. 
But Jesus did. And can I say it to you this way? He didn't break a sweat. He didn't grimace. You ever been praying and want something from God and you're just praying so hard you kind of grimace, you know, you close your eyes. Lord, answer this prayer. He didn't have to do any of that. He was God. Amen. Amen. And so, in this scriptures that we have here, uh, he was speaking to them, his disciples, and it said, a certain ruler came to, and worshipped. Now, this is a, there's a parallel over in Mark and also over in Luke, same reading pretty much. In those other two writings, it says that uh, this ruler was a man named Jairus. And he had come because in these scriptures, in Matthew, it said she was even now dead. In Mark, it said she was at the point of death. And Luke, I think, said something to the effect she was near death. But here in these scriptures, it says, even now dead. Right. Yeah. You ever picked up on that before? Huh? They come up to Jesus wanting touch and help for his 12-year-old daughter. Who in here is 12? 12 year old daughter. Who, who's 11? Who's 11? Okay. This is a 12 year old. 10. Okay, that's kind of close. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. But um, who's 13? Huh? Who's 13? Aurora. <laughs> anyway, so you were 12. Huh? He came because his daughter is even now dead. Can you imagine that? Huh? It's uh it's difficult enough. I turned it up, but it doesn't seem like it's working. <laughs> anyway. Don't fiddle with that. That's what we got. But anyway, uh, she's dead. What would you feel like? I cannot imagine losing a child to death. My children is like 39, 40? Huh? 35, 38, and 20-something. Almost 30. Huh? 39 for Christmas. Yeah. Maybe. And so, anyway, if they died, one of them died right now, it would be like, oh my, one of my children died. If they're younger, 12 years old, I'll be honest with you, you know, children, raising children is fun, isn't it? And, uh, but what that year of 12 years old is kind of a special year. It's a year before uh, they, uh, as they're coming into themselves, right. as they're beginning to recognize who they are, their personality, their knowledge. I'm trying to get you to get a hold of this about this 12-year-old child. Huh? And so 
uh, the father came just as quickly as he could. He heard about Jesus. He's one of the rulers uh, of uh, that area. And he came to him. And he said, come, my daughter is even, is even now dead. But come and lay thy hand upon her and she shall live. What faith? Huh? Have you ever gone to somebody that you love and tried to pray for them? I have. Huh? I have. There are times God answers prayer and there's times He doesn't. I can't figure that out. But I can tell you when you've got Jesus in the situation, it always works. He never failed. He never touched somebody and they didn't get healed. But here, that man, Jared's knew. And I don't know about you, but if it was me and my daughter, I'd be a little anxious. I'd be saying, you need to hurry up. Come on, come on, let's go, let's go. I, I'm sorry, I've been an anxious person most of my life. I'm not as anxious as I used to be, but still, let's go, let's go, come on. And so, Jairus is going to take Jesus to his daughter. And then we have somebody else introduced here. I call it an interruption. An interruption. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. Huh? Didn't even touch him, but just the hem of his garment. Just the outer part, just the little part that's hanging down. You know, he didn't touch him. Uh, I've been preaching through the years and I've always kind of felt like, you know, she might have bumped into it or something. No, the Bible clearly says, just touch the outer part. And there's a lot of reason why she wouldn't touch him. It's because she had this issue of blood for 12 years. This woman was an outcast. Amen. Because whenever they have an issue of blood, uh, she's not wanted. She's not to be around. Over Leviticus uh, 15 and 25 said, And if a woman have an issue of her blood many days out of the time of her separation, or if it run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of the issue of her uncleanness shall be as the days of her separation. She shall be unclean. Oh, Jesus. Huh? This woman, because of this sickness, she was ostracized. Wherever she laid at, nobody else was supposed to touch that. Where she would sit at, nobody else was supposed to sit there. And so this becomes uh, 12 years of trouble, 12 years of being by themselves. I know some people like to be by themselves. Sometimes I do. But not all the time. I like to be with friends and family. Amen. Other Christians. I may know them or may not know them. But oh, that's what I like to be with is them. This woman had suffered for 12 years many things. And uh, it talked uh, over in the other Gospels. 
But she had seen many physicians and had spent a lot of her money. <laughs> Andrew Clark, in his commentary, he came across uh, a Jewish physician who uh, was writing to, well, i just read it to you. It said, um, no person will wonder at this account when he considers the therapeutics of the Jewish physician in reference to hemorrhoids, especially of the kind uh, with which the woman was afflicted. Rabbi uh, Jochanna, which is actually John, says, take gum of Alexandra and of alum and of the crocus uh, hortensis, the weight of a zuzi each, now, mind you, this is way back there. And let them be bruised together and given in wine to the woman that hath the issue of blood. But if that fails, how would y'all like to try some of that? Those rooms. Take of the Persian onions, nine logs, uh, boil them in wine and give it to her and drink and say, Arise from thy flux. But should this fail, <laughs> come on, set her in a place where two ways meet and let her hold a cup of wine in her hand and let someone come behind her and frighten her, scare her. Boom! Come on. And say, arise from thy flux. But should this do no good, take a handful of cumin and a handful of cro crocus and a handful of fenogreek and let these be boiled together and given to her to drink and say, Arise from thy flux. But if this should fail, you ever been to the doctor like that? Huh? I got a problem with this. It's not looking to go, go back in. Dig seven trenches and burn in them some cutting of vines not yet circumcised, great vines not yet four years old, and take her uh, and let her take in her hand a cup of wine and let her be led from the, this trench and set her down over that and let her be removed from that and set down in another and in uh, each removal uh, when she moves uh, tell her arise from thy flux. How would you like to try some of those remedies? And you remember in the early part of America, if you had a cold, if you had the flu, if you had something, what would they do? They'd leech you. Yeah. They'd cut you and put a leech on there, huh? Yeah. This woman suffered for 12 years. Oh, 12 years. And she had said to herself, if I could but touch but touch the hem of his body. Right. Huh? And let me tell you, at that particular time, it wasn't Jesus and a few people uh, kind of walking around, you know, uh, loose and all that. They were tied. There was a bunch of them over in uh, Luke. Uh, Jesus asked, who touched me? Huh? Just the hem of the garment. Right. Come on. And uh, said, who touched me? Who and the disciples said, who touched you? Uh, as if everybody around here has touched you. But oh, this was a different touch. This was a touch of faith. It was a touch of desperation. 
It was a touch of longing for healing and of help. Have you gotten to a place where you need to touch Him? Huh? Do you have a longing, a need, a void in your heart, a void in your life? That, oh, you've tried all kinds of things to fill. Maybe alcohol, maybe constantly in front of a screen somewhere, constantly watching things, amen. Maybe uh, taking drugs or alcohol or whatever. But it doesn't do any good. Instead, it still leaves you like you were before. That's like this woman. Like this woman. And you know, one of the things that I, I find about this, uh, this woman that the, she's had to go through, you know, this cost her a lot. I don't even know if she'd be able to go to work. Could cost her employment. It cost her her entertainment, being able to go around a lot of places. And the other thing that I noticed about this woman and the little girl, both of them were 12 years. The father probably had joy for 12 years from that little girl. And this woman, she had misery in her life for 12 years. Yeah, that's Huh? You see the similarities here? You see the things? I wondered about that number 12. I don't know if you remember, but in the scriptures there's a lot of 12s. Huh? You have the 12 sons of, uh, um, of um, Jacob. You had, actually, there were 12 sons of his uh, half-brother also, if you read about it. Twelve seems to be some kind of number that that we see repetitively through the Scriptures. Uh, there are some that say that it means majesty and government, uh, the government of perfection, of uh, uh, completeness. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, Israel had twelve sons, if you'll remember. Joseph dreamed of twelve stars. There were 12 barley loaves. There were 12 tribes. Uh, Jesus, when He chose His disciples, uh, His apostles, He chose 12. 12. Amen. Yes, amen. And so, these 12s in the Gospel during Jesus' time could very well have represented the Israel or Judah at that particular time. And so if they represent that, it showed that the joy of the little girl was dead. And it also showed through the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years of sickness. A sickness. I'm going to tell you, in my personal opinion, I, I'm not a doctor, but I don't know that they can go a lot longer than that. 12 years. Constantly bleeding. And so, I also got to looking at that for us today. The church. Hmm? Dead or extremely sick. And I don't know about you, but I think we need more of God. 
More of God. That father went to go find Jesus and to bring him back to his daughter. The woman with the issue of blood was willing to go the extra mile to try to sneak in uh, quietly underneath the, the crowd of that other people. And I'm sure there were people pushing her away. And then she's trying to get to just that uh, edge to just get a part of his garment. Hallelujah. Oh, are we willing, amen, to press in and to ask the Lord, Lord, I need help. Oh, God, I don't want to be dead. I don't want to die eternally. I want to be healed in my body. Thank you, Jesus. They came to the right source. They came to the right place. If Jesus just touched the hill, she touched that hill and she was Instantly whole. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I, I, you know, miraculous. The father's over there saying, Oh, well, I need that miracle at my house. But my daughter's dead. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Come on, let's go. Huh? You know what I see in that? Jesus is willing to take time. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a lot of other important jobs to do. He's got another a lot of other more, maybe more important places to go, but he still got time for you. Amen. He can help you. He can hear you. He can sanctify you. He can fill you with the Holy Ghost. He can hear you of those heartbreaks. Amen. The Lord can do that. And he will take time for you. Hallelujah. Amen. And so after that, after they find the woman and the Lord says to her daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole. Uh, he turns and he goes with Jairus to his house. And there's people already there playing the flute, playing music. You know. That's what they do. And so Jesus goes into the house and he uh, says to them, give place. In other words, give me room. Let me get through here. Give place. For the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I've seen people who are dead. Yeah. Dead. They're not sleeping. Dead. Jesus uses this an awful lot about being asleep. Remember him talking about Lazarus? Yeah. Yeah. He sleepeth. Yeah. Okay. Huh? His body sleepeth. Huh? The, ba the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed at him. How much will you trust the Lord? Are you willing to be laughed at? Because of your love for Jesus? Are you willing to be scorned at? Ridiculed because of your trust in Jesus Christ? Huh? Jesus was not... It didn't bother Him one bit what they laughed about. Because He knew. Have you gotten to the knowledge? Down in your heart, it don't matter what they say. I know my Jesus. Amen. 
I know who he is. I will not change. I will not go back. Amen. And so he goes on and he uh, he's, uh, sends them all out, get them out of here. And then he, uh, uh, when the people were put forth, he went in unto her and took her hand. Took her hand. Yeah. And she rose. Can I tell you something? Yes. We need his hand. Yes. We need his hand in our hand. Yes. We can have his hand in our hand, walking with us day by day. Uh, it's really nice uh, when you, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I like walking with my wife's hand. Huh? I like walking with my granddaddy's hands. Come on. Not too much on my children's hands. They're all boys, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, but you know, sometimes those hands slip out. Yeah. And sometimes, you, you know, you don't have that same grip. That's why Jesus doesn't want just your hand. Yes. He wants your heart. Yes. He doesn't want to live in your hand. He wants to live in your heart. Amen. And I want to tell you something. When you carry Him in your heart, You'll not be the same person. There's a lot of things you will not do. You don't have to be told what to do and what not to do because Jesus will be in there. Amen. And He will affect your affections. And you do not want to do a lot of those things. But Jesus was willing to go all the way. Teresa, come get us a song. Here this morning, young people, does Jesus live in your heart or is he in your hand? Heart, thank you, Lord. It makes a difference. You don't want him just in your hand that you use him from time to time when things aren't going your way, but instead you need him in your heart. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. If you love Him, you'll do what He asks you to do. By nature. And if you do not love and obey Him, well, your disobedience means you don't love Him. Huh? You ever had somebody question your loyalty to them? Question your friendship to them? Question what they think about you, you know? If you love me, Jesus said, you'll keep my commandments. And I want to tell you something, they are not hard to keep. Let's stand all across the house here. It wasn't easy to come to the formula for healing of your sins. Jesus had to go to the cross to suffer for all of our sins. For all of our sins. I appreciate the Lord. He doesn't just save us and then if we mess up, He says, no more chances. Never found that one. 
Jesus loves us. I don't know, but I'd say that woman that had the issue of blood for 12 years, I'd say she prayed. She probably even went to the, you know, tried to make some sacrifices or have sacrifices made for her. No answer. We've got to be willing to reach out. Amen. Touch his, the hill of his God. Amen. we got to be willing when he takes our hand to say, yes, Lord. Amen. I'll follow you. I'll live for you. There are many in this day and hour who have figured a way to, to uh, explain away the word of God. But I want to tell you something, he has not changed. He is the same. Let's bow our heads all across the house. Oh Lord, I've tried to bear my heart and to give your word to these that are here today. There may be some who are sick and need a healing. And Lord, I know that you are able to heal them completely with just one touch from you. And I know likewise, Lord, there are some who are dead. Dead unto you. Dead unto the way of righteousness and holiness. Dead unto the right way of living and walking. And Lord, I pray Touch their hands. Touch their hearts. Bring them back alive again. Let them rise. And let them live. Dear Jesus, Lord, I know there's much wickedness in this world. And people getting trapped by drugs and friends and, and all type of things. But I pray, Lord, right now, Help them to realize that none of that is able to keep them from living for you and with you. Save to God most of right now. Is there anyone that come pray and seek him here this morning? Is there anyone that's a long ways and you need him? Doesn't matter the age. What matters is the heart. Sing verse.
Hey. <laughs> 